welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts, and I believe that we all have a purpose, and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. Hello and welcome to People With Purpose. Uh, Today I'm delighted to welcome Yamado, who is North American's foremost teacher of Bobom, uh, which is a Tibetan system of meditation. uh, And it's, uh, well, it's a a martial art. So, uh, So Yamado, welcome to the show. Thank you. So nice to be here. It's great to see you and great to hear your voice um, and uh, your meditative tones are coming through already, which is, which is, which is wonderful, <laughs> nice and soothing. So, um, so what, what are you uh, up to at the minute? Well, so I teach here in Boston, I teach this art called Boabom, which combines meditation, relaxation and, and self-defense. Um, and it is a martial art, but in our classes, we generally have no contact and, and no competition. So sometimes we think about it as like, you know, being a defense art, but having more the the philosophy or or, or guiding principle of a, more of like a yoga or, or, or meditation practice. Um, and so I've been teaching here. We've been in this studio for 19 years. Um, and most recently, I've I've launched a new app um, called Boabom Journey, where the idea is that anybody can learn Boabom anywhere. Now, Boabom is a very kind of deep teaching, and this is something that's been very important to myself and, and, and my colleagues to keep, keep this depth of Boabom. And what I mean by that is you can kind of be learning new movements for years and decades. So you can be studying, advancing every class, learning something new, and have that progression last a long time. Mm. So the app is, we have, I think, you know, about 80, 80 or 85 videos so far. So obviously we can't learn everything in the app, <laughs> but we have a good progression so far and, and we're kind of adding to it all the time. And that's really what I've been working a lot on lately is, is recording videos and reaching out to people, talking to students and um, bring, bring Boabom journey around the world, really. Yeah, cool. Because um, Burbom is not something that I had heard of but before I'd heard of you. Uh, is, that, <laughs> is that unusual? Is that me or is that a common uh, problem in the world? No, it's, it's very normal. Boabom is not really, really well known. I'm, my school is the principal school in, in all of North America. Um, and Boabom is a, it has its roots in, in ancient Tibet. And it's really like only in the past 20 years that it's been taught really openly, um, 20, 25 years. Before that, it was more like a family tradition and, and taught in like small groups. Um, more privately without advertising or signs on the street or posters or, you know, interviews <laughs> or what have you. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, you know, just really this century that, that myself and some other teachers have really tried to m- bring awareness of Boabom to more people with the thinking that really anybody can, can benefit from this, this art. I know, myself and and my colleagues um the other teachers around the world have really benefited personally so much from this practice um i've seen my students benefit you know so much um whether just starting classes or students who i've been teaching for 20 years so for us it kind of makes sense to open this teaching but what that means is that it's kind of slow People need to learn it mm. one person at a time, you know, learn about it one person at a time and, and, and experience it for themselves to really know what it is. Because I can say, oh, it's like this or it's like that, but it's not really the same. It's, it's unique. And so to really understand it, you need to kind of practice it a little bit and say, ah, I see. This is similar to what I've done here or similar to what I've done here, but these are the differences. Yeah. This is the kind of the main idea. Okay. Okay. So that kind of um, ruins my next question, which, <laughs> which was kind of, was going to kind of, kind of ask you, um, uh, what, what's it like, but, uh, but, um, but how, how would, how would, how would, how would yeah. you, how would you describe, um, uh, somebody, uh, I suppose the experience for an individual coming in 
before they start a practice and then mm-hmm. and then how they what what's what's the transformation if that's not too strong a word but at the end of a practice for example yeah well i'll 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 start um kind of describing what somebody would experience in in a class and really as a beginner you come you're in a class with other beginners everybody knows nothing <laughs> and you start out learning some warm-ups, mm. some kind of fundamental movements, mm. maybe look like an active yoga. There's some stretching, some exercises for balance, strength. Um, and really we try to work with the whole body from the toes to the eyes. So we have exercises for our hands, for our hips, our core, our legs, our feet, our shoulders and neck, um, but also for our face and, and our eyes um, because we really want to exercise all of our muscles. And so we'll do many different warm-ups um to touch all of these different pieces so rather than repeat one thing many many times we do you know a few repetitions like eight to 12 repetitions of of each idea and then from there we move to like a more coordinative part and here's where i i think i should talk a little about the different branches of the different ways inside of bobom in that we have a gentle class which uh, is made up of slow movements, which maybe looks a little more like a Tai Chi or a Qigong. Um, and then you have a faster class, which is where you have more of the defense movements. You move with more power, more energy, and that looks more like a martial art. So depending on which class you, you decide to take, that second core, the warmups are a little different anyway. You use a little slower, more gentle warmups for the slower class, a little bit of faster, more energetic warmup for the faster class. Um, so depending on what you decide to do, those coordinated movements will be slow and stretched out really like elongated or faster, more sharp with elements of defense. The arts really are like two sides of the same coin. So the movements can be kind of similar, maybe with different hand positions, a little bit different, um, a little bit different goals, a little bit different ways of working. And when you try both of them, you'll see that the slower art works a little more with like the postural muscles. So if I'm doing a projection with my hand, if I'm going more slowly, the muscles that are holding my arm up are working a little more than the fast twitch muscles that are projecting my arm quickly, which I would use in a, in a faster projection. Mm. We're, using, we're using both in both, but one will preference one over the other. Mm. Um, and so as a class progresses, as you, because the idea is you kind of do a class and the next week you come back and you join the same group and you do the same thing and add a little bit. And then you do the same thing and you add a little bit. So in the next class, you do all of that and you learn something new and you learn something new the next class. And so all of these movements build one on the other. So we start with simple movements. They, they're I like this concept that I learned from some students of mine who were like occupational therapists. And this concept is like a just right challenge, which is a challenge that is not too easy, but not impossible. Mm. And I thought that fit really well with this like pedagogical idea that we have inside of Boom, which is that every movement should challenge you, but you should be able to understand it and, and, and master it with practice. Yeah. And so then as you do that, the teacher will present you with a slightly more challenging movement and a slightly more challenging movement through a whole progression. Mm. Um, and this progression is what I'm talking about when I'm saying that, that you can be learning for years and years and years. Mm. Um, because really there's thousands and thousands of movements that you can, that you can study and practice. Mm. Um, and so you're always kind of learning something new, but having time to review and practice what you've learned before. Obviously we don't practice a thousand movements in one class. <laughs> We break it in certain stages and then change and do different ways and things mm. like that. Mm. Um, and then somebody learning in, inside of the app would have the choice to go with the gentle way or the fast way or only to review the, the warm-ups. Mm. Sometimes it's nice just to do the, the physical part yeah. um, and stretch out a little bit. And, you know, sometimes I, I, I know students who will do that part like three or four mornings a week. And then one day a week, we'll do the more coordinative class. Sure. I have students here and who come to classes here in person or online um, who will 
do the class here and then practice those warm-ups as part of their morning routine mm. or their afternoon routine, whenever they're working out. Yeah. Um, so I think I answered the first half of your question. You did, you did. And, and it's, it's the, um, I suppose it's the, it's the kind of, what, what, what happens to somebody, I suppose, and if they, if, when they've been through a practice, whether they're a beginner or, or more experienced, I suppose what's, what, what's, what's the transformation is, is the question asked. So, mm-hmm. so, so yeah. you know, how do they feel? What do they see? Um, what benefits have they, uh, or nutrients have they, um, you know, integrated uh, that they can then take forward into the rest of their day? So I think immediately just on doing a class, you release a lot of stress, right? Because we have, the, we have breathing as like a central part of the class. Mm. So you're breathing with every movement. And that really transforms the, and, and you're breathing in like a rhythm and you're following a teacher. And through that, you kind of like forget about everything else because you're thinking about your back. You're thinking about your legs. You're thinking about your arm. You're thinking about your breath. And there's only so many registers in our mind, right? We can only think about so many things at once. Mm. And so through this, we actually like kick everything else out. So whatever you're thinking about with work, with, you know, whatever stresses you have going on in your life, you have that time, whether it's a 20 minute video class or, or an, an hour live class, you, you, you lose that kind of like cerebral, I don't know, the tension that we have all the, because we live in a very cerebral culture, right? We're always thinking about something. We're always worrying about something. Um, it's not so often that we're really like in our body. Mm. And so to be really in our body is really powerful. And then to combine that with techniques that are effectively meditation, you have the, the energizing effect of exercise. You have the relaxing effect of like just breathing. And then you have this mindful or meditative technique or, or effect of being there in one place, really focused on what you're doing, being really present for an extended length of time. So that's like an immediate effect that you feel right away. And one of the things I really like about Boom is that I can meditate and move at the same time, mm. right? I can do my exercise and my meditation together. So I have my own seated meditation practice that I, that I do because it's an important part of, of, of my life. But it's really fed by this other practice. Mm. And um, I've had many, many students over the years who've come to me and said, well, I can't sit down. I can't sit down to meditate. I want to try a moving meditation. And they try a moving meditation. It really works well for them. And then sometime later, they're able to create a seated meditation practice for themselves. Mm. So this is another kind of long-term effect is that it can help your focus can help you control your energy and can help you unload stress, not just in the class. So you have like immediate effects, like this is what I feel from, from doing a class. I feel great. I feel rejuvenated. I feel like my, my stress is gone. Um, or I feel more relaxed if I'm doing the more slow class. Mm. Um, and then longer term, you feel more focused, more grounded, more centered. Um, obviously you physically, you feel better, because you're developing your strength, you're developing your endurance, um, your cardiovascular, your, your breathing capacity, all of these things we know a healthy body and a healthy mind are like, are like this. Yeah. Right. They really work well together and, and one is vital to the other. Yeah. Um, so that's really what you do in the long term mm. is create this like healthy body and healthy mind in unison and build your flexibility, your balance. And like I said, your, your positive energy at the same time. Yeah. And that sounds quite powerful because um, I guess I've, if, if I think about myself, uh, which I, which I try not to do too often, uh, I, um, I, I have, I suppose, two main uh, challenges which immediately come to mind when I think about Bob Arm and, 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 and this kind of practice. One is that I uh, lead quite a busy working life uh, which uh, which means mentally, um, you know, finding ways to manage and I suppose regulate my mental, my emotional state. Um, I'm always looking for new ideas because that is mm-hmm. something that's being challenged all the time. And then the second um, thing for me is 
I'm not overly flexible. I like I like running, and um, uh, I uh, I find running it's really really great for kind of like you know keeping my my mind healthy as well as keeping my body relatively healthy as well. Uh, but actually, flexibility is something that I really um, struggle with, and I'm worried actually that one day I might not be able to run anymore because that mm-hmm. kind of flexibility isn't there. Um, is Bob on the kind of thing that could help me with in, in those two areas, for example? And if so, how? I mean, I was just talking about this with a student of mine the other day who, who runs marathons, right? And he does his ball bone practice in part to keep that flexibility and to, and to build and, and, and develop that flexibility. So, so absolutely. Um, in in ball bone, we use a lot of like, our stretching is very dynamic. So if you, if you go to like the ball bone journey app and you see the, the, the videos of the, the warmups and you'll see that our, we're moving in our stretching. Right? So we're not necessarily just holding the stretch. And I think static stretching is excellent, right? I think we should do it. But dynamic stretching also warms the muscles and really gives us like, um, I put it, it really helps us develop that flexibility over time um, and can actually be a really great way to warm up before you run. Mm. Like five or 10 minutes of dynamic stretching, which can, and this fits into your second question, right? How do I fit it all in? Yeah. Um, because like five or 10 minutes of dynamic stretching, we can warm up, stretch a little bit, and then be ready for our run. And then we can do our cool down after. Um, but we're building that, that stretching component, component into our warm up component, which can be really like a time saver. Mm-hmm. And then you can do stretching when you're warm afterwards. And you can do more dynamic stretching, but you could do it in a more gentle way mm. if you're tired from your run or um, whatever. Another thing that I've talked about a lot with students of mine who, who, who run is using, we have a very special breathing technique in, in, in Bulbum and um, using this breathing technique in different rhythms as you're doing vigorous aerobic exercise can be really helpful for recharging yourself and for being mindful where you are, like if you're getting, you know, you're in your run, you've been in for a while, you're getting tired, your form is getting a little, a little, eh, maybe not as good as it should be. Um, you start to breathe intentionally in rhythm with your steps. You can like, boom, right yourself and come back to being present in the moment, aware of your form, right? And taking care of your body. Mm. Um, so this is another place I've had students use this with with running, cycling, rowing, all different kinds of kind of like repetitive, aerobic, you know, kind of, kind of exercises. Yeah. And uh, they really seen it give them a lot of, a lot of power. Mm. Um, and so I think that, 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 that wasn't part of your question, but no, well, <laughs> I think it's, it's interesting in, in relation to, to, to running or cycling or, or rowing or, or things like that. Now, in terms of um, like getting kind of mindfulness or, or meditation into your everyday life, I think that, that you know, absolutely like Boabom, because it combines meditation and in, in movement can be a very powerful way of doing both things at the same time, mm. of doing a morning workout where you're also getting a mindfulness component and where you're also like, or at the end of the day, you know, maybe you don't have time to work out in the morning, or maybe you did something, you know, maybe you ran on Wednesday and on Thursday, you want to do a different kind of exercise. So you do that, you do your class and you release the day's stress at the same time. And this like busyness of life and schedule is one of the reasons why in the Bobom Journey app, the videos are like between five and 20 minutes. Um, my normal, you know, live classes are an hour long, um, because this makes sense in a live context, mm. but you know, when we're trying to fit things into our day and doing little pieces, um, a 20 minute movement class can be just the right amount of time yeah. or even like a five or eight minute, you know, exercise that we can do sitting at our desk, working with our hands, our face and our eyes, our shoulders to kind of uh, release some of that tension. Because when we're working at a desk all the time, we carry a lot of tension. Our arms, our hands, our shoulders, our neck, and even in our face, 
you know, it's, it's a good thing. Sometimes we don't have a mirror at our desk. <laughs> like, what do I look like? Yeah. And so I think expressive exercises are actually really helpful because we can carry a lot of tension yeah. in our face. And we don't think about that. We don't think about those muscles because we're used to working with our legs and our core and our arms and the kind of big muscle groups, Yeah, yeah. but it's there too. Yeah. And, and I think it's important. Yeah. That's, um, that's really powerful. And, uh, the, the, the the interesting, well, one of the interesting things that you just said was, uh, so, so w- when it comes to running, I, I've accidentally f- fallen into one of the practices that you just described because with my breathing, I, um, I breathe in and out in time with my steps, but, mm-hmm. but not, not one, two, one, two. I breathe in one, two, three and out one, two. And, and the reason I do that is because I read in some, some uh, uh, medical journal that if you if you alternate the the the, the breath in um, on on different strides, that means that you're not uh, repeatedly uh, breathing in at kind of a weak point potentially when your when your mm. foot strikes the ground. But actually, I did find when I started doing this that it it enabled me to kind of feel more present on the run as well. That was a kind of an mm-hmm. accidental side effect. And now I just do that automatically, you know, and when, when I, at the mm-hmm. start of a run, I could be breathing, you know, five, five paces, breathe in and four, breathe out. And then, and, and so, so is, is that the same kind of principle? I think so. I, I, you know, not being a runner, mm. <laughs> I, I, I find that I really like that idea of breathing on kind of off beats. Yeah. I think that's really on like an irregular pattern. So mm-hmm. you don't overdo it on, on, on one side. I think that's, that's great, but I think absolutely. I think you've definitely hit into, into what I'm talking about mm-hmm. um, using the breath to give you like energy and, and, and mindfulness yeah. as you're running. Yeah. Because I think that it's like I was talking about before in the class, you know, when we breathe and think about our legs and our back and our arms and our shoulders, our mind isn't wandering because as soon as your mind wanders, mm. the body isn't, you, you don't have the same control yeah. over your body. Yeah. And so what you, whatever you can do in running to keep your mind there, because I think it's very easy with repetitive exercise for the mind to wander anywhere, right? And think about all the things that are bothering you that you have to do when you finish your run, whatever. And then you can also have that problem with the weak point because then you cannot realize that, oh, you're coming down too hard on one side or you're coming down a little, you know, to the side or your knee's going this way or, or whatever. Um, so adding that, that element, I think is really, really important for being there and being mindful. Mm. But it's also, I think that you can also use it in different ways, right? You can breathe differently depending on your energy level, kind of like you were, you were saying. And you see where you are and like, okay, I need to take a longer breath now or I need to take a shorter breath now um, and bring yourself up in that way. Mm. And the same, I guess, um, because I'm, I recognize that we can't talk about running anymore because <laughs> running is not for everyone, but the, the, the concept of meditating whilst moving, mm-hmm. I think is really potentially empowering for lots of people because yeah, this whole concept of, getting started and feeling like you've got to sit down. Um, I love the idea that, you know, you could be, you could be out on a walk and lot, cause lots, lots of people are walking, lots more people are going out for walks these days, you know, mental health breaks at lunch and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, so get out, go on a walk, incorporate breathing into, or awareness of breathing into that whilst you're doing it. Um, that sounds like a really empowering idea that, you know, anyone could do. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, I think the first thing that anybody can do is breathe. Mm. Just breathing is incredibly powerful because, I mean, because it's <laughs> for, for so many reasons. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that as, as being like the main connection between our, like our conscious existence and, and our like, you know, sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems, mm. right? It's the main connection. If you want to slow your heart rate down, you can't sit and think, okay, I want to slow my heart rate down. You need to breathe, right? If you want to like release tension and anxiety, it's very hard to say, okay, I'm going to release my, no. <laughs> but it's much easier to breathe, yeah. you know, because the breathing will, will do it. It will like lead to those, you know, kind of unconscious 
or changes in the in that unconscious system. So breathing itself is incredibly powerful. And I think many people have, I don't know, a lot of misconceptions about meditation and what it is mm. and what it means to be. And I, I mean, I think if you talk to any kind of like meditation teacher or experienced meditator, they wouldn't like advocate these things. But I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of prejudices in the culture about what, what this should be or what this should be. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think maybe less now with kind of the access to meditation through apps and, and things like that. Um, but I still think it's out there mm. and it doesn't have to be kind of sitting down with a mantra um, or being, you know, able to be in full Lotus or something like that, or having to take half an hour or an hour a day or, or, or whatever. I, I really don't think that's necessary. And I think exactly like you say, taking time on a walk just to breathe and be present. And there's different techniques to, for that that are very simple that can really help anyone, anyone do that. And we have, you know, we have many different meditation techniques in Bowl We have some that are very easy to do on a walk, some that you need to sit down. Mm. And you can use them for different, for different moments. Mm, mm. Um, and I, but I think that, you know, I said before, we live in a very cerebral culture. We also live in a very sedentary culture, right? Right. And, you know, many of us are trying to move <laughs> and um, move more because we know that sitting, you know, and just not moving is not good for us. Um, and so as we do this, as we incorporate this movement into our lives, adding this component of mindfulness and meditation is, is an easy thing to do. I mean, honestly, like, I think anything can be meditation. Hmm. And this is like a very broad view of meditation. It almost think that anything is meditation or everything is. Because when I think about meditation, I think that I'm trying to conduct my thoughts or my mind in a specific way. And I can use this image of like a river, right? Consciousness of the mind is like a river and it flows. But what's the bed that it flows on? The bed that it flows on is us, is who we are, right? These are our habits, our, you know, kind of the ways that we work into the work with the world, the way that we react to the world, our, our consciousness, our, uh, sorry, our, um, our character, you know, our, our tendency, are we more energetic? Are we less, you know, all these different things. Um, and so we have like deep grooves. <laughs> we have like channels that the water runs through that we've been developing for a long time, right? We've been, we've been, you know, deepening these channels you know, since we were born before through our DNA, you know, all of this. So when we want to conduct our mind or maybe change a habit, we can actively meditate to try to make ourselves more focused, to make, to be more, to be more present. Because I think that obviously we're meditating to release stress, but we're, you know, we, I think when most people take this idea on, they have a goal. Mm. The goal is to do something to change some habit, right? To maybe be more present, to not let the stress accumulate in the same way. Yeah, yeah. And so we need to have this practice. We do this practice. But when we're doing our old habits, we're practicing also, right? We're practicing and we're deepening those, those grooves or those channels. And so in that way, that is like a kind of a meditation. It's a, maybe a negative meditation. This is like a very broad idea. Um, you know, if we think about like a practice of meditation, we're thinking about something else. But if we think about meditation as like a, like a whole concept, on one side, we're meditating all the time. If this idea of meditation is that we are conducting the flow of our mind in a certain way. And so we want to conduct the flow of our mind in a different way. It's not easy because those channels are really deep. And we need to be very conscious. And I think it can be very awkward and feel very artificial sometimes in the beginning, especially and be like, okay, I want to do this thing and I want to do it differently. And it feels like unnatural. And we live in a time where like everything's supposed to be natural. Hmm. Everything's supposed to feel like, oh, this is the right thing. Do it. It's the right thing. But sometimes it needs to feel wrong. But if you know that you have the right goal and you know that you're doing it for a good purpose, like feeling unnatural is okay. And I think this is something that people bump up against when they're trying to meditate or trying to do a different practice. It's like, oh, this feels, 
awkward. This feels uncomfortable. And, but you need to be, you need to kind of sit with it and realize that with time, it will feel more comfortable. Um, if you're used to getting like really whatever, angry at some particular, you know, you're driving and people cut you off and you, ah, you start yelling or, you know, you yell at the television or, <laughs> or whatever. You want to change that. The first time it might be like, I'm not yelling. And you know, you're totally want to yell. You're just lying to yourself. Hmm. But that's okay because it'll get easier. Hmm. Um, and, and it'll, it'll become comfortable with time, with effort, with energy. Yeah. Well, also how comfortable is the, um, is the pattern of behavior that you're in really, if you think about it, okay. The fact that it comes naturally doesn't necessarily mean that it's, it's comfortable because you might yell at the TV, um, you know, ch chase after and do hand gestures to the people that cut you up on the road. But, um, you know, how, how does that actually make you feel? You're not feeling good when you're in anger no. mode, you know? And so, um, so yeah, and I guess that's, that's part of the thing really for me is that, is that human beings are brilliant at forming habits. What we're not so good at is selecting which habits it is we, we want to form. Uh, so yeah. we kind of, we kind of naturally kind of fall into these behavioral patterns that some of which will serve us very well, but many of which will not. So there's a way of, um, you know, being, being selective and intentional about the habits that we adopt then. Um, and again, as you say, if they're focused on a, on a goal or an outcome that we want to create, then, um, then that sounds like a, like a far more, uh, productive way of living than, uh, than, than, than drifting. <laughs> But I think that, you know, something that I'm thinking about when you're saying that is that there, there, there is like a, maybe there's a little bit of a difference between comfort and, and feeling good or like being in balance, right? Because I think in the moment, those habits can feel very comfortable, right? But the effects in the long term might not be comfortable, right? Yeah. <laughs> but they definitely don't bring balance. Yeah. Right. And I think like a, a, a deep comfort or a real like lasting comfort has to come from a balance, right? A feeling of, of being in balance. Now, none of us will be perfect with this ever. Understand? Like this is, it's, you know, we, we always will be working and, and, and developing and, and learning things about ourselves and, and seeing things that we, that we are happy with and, and patterns that we're, that we're unhappy with. Um, one, of the, one of the things that I've found in Bowl One, when I've seen many of my students find as well, is that, and we talk about this with this idea, this concept of like, a, like an inner power. And through the practice, and this is like a long-term thinking, is that you can develop this kind of like inner, inner power. It's almost like an, I think of it like an engine for your will or like a dynamo that can help you because it's easy to be our best selves in the best moment. Mm -hmm. It's a lot harder, <laughs> you know, to, to, to be the person we want to be when we're stressed, we're tired, we have real challenges in our lives, or we're just listening to the news. Um, so how can we have a, a reserve, a reservoir, a resource of energy inside of us that we can draw on? to go beyond to kind of deal with that. And, and this gets into like an idea that we have about defense, which is that the physical defense is like this, right? Hopefully we never have to use a defense art as a physical defense. But we live in, in a, um, you know, reasonably stable moment in a Western democracy. You know, hopefully if we're lucky, we're not, um, feeling physically threatened very often. Um, the idea from the defense in Boabom is that if we need to use it, it's like one, two, and you get out of there. It's, it's like it's for, for a real situation. Um, but the next, and this is like concentric circles, right? So the next circle is what do we do in a physically threatening situation? Because our tendency is to fight or flight. And we, we see like the world in a tunnel. But if we practice strong movement, through with breathing, so our hearts 
racing, but we're relaxed. What happens in that situation is instead of this, we have this. Our vision stays open because we avoid that intense tension of, of, of a fight or flight. Mm. And so nine times out of 10, we can find a way out of that physically threatening situation. The bigger idea that is practical and useful every day is like a psychological defense, which is bound up with this idea of, of like resilience, because always we have like tension and stress that we generate inside that comes at us from outside. Every day, we have all different kinds of things that, that, that we encounter. Some are kind of the basic bumps of life. Some are really big, difficult events, right? That, that you know, most people, everybody has to, has to deal with. Um, and, you know, how can we develop this, like I said, this reservoir of energy that we can use to help us be resilient, feel resilient, and keep up our positive energy in these difficult moments, it, through the everyday stress and through the more difficult moments. Mm. This doesn't mean that, you know, when, when, when we're, you know, when somebody dies and we're in mourning, it's not going to be incredibly painful or we have major life difficulties. They aren't going to be difficult. They are. But if we have a way to release some of our tension and release some of our stress, we'll be we'll have some energy to, to kind of pick ourselves up and be more resilient and, and be the person we want to be mm. in the difficult moment, as opposed to the person we, <laughs> we don't like. Yeah. That's fascinating. So how did you uh, get into all this? Uh? I met a teacher once upon a time. It was more happenstance than happenstance. Right. It just, but at the same time, I was, I, I was looking for something. I was searching. I was young. I was, you know, what am I going to, I know what I like, kind of, what am I going to do with my life? But, but I was, I was interested in, in things that weren't necessarily like front and center in the get a job, do work, you know, mm. like make money. Da, 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 da. I was more, I was interested in, in, it was like, you know, other ideas as well about, you know, what, 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 what am I doing? <laughs> what, what am I, what am I looking for? How, how, how am I, how's my life, you know, how is my life meaningful? Like, these are questions that I think many people ask. Mm. Um, and I met a teacher once upon a time. I started taking classes very like, not in like a nice studio or anything like that. Very kind of, um, I wouldn't say informally, but not, you know, like I said, in more in like the old way, you meet somebody and you, you start learning as opposed to, you know, running into like a poster or, or an advertisement or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I started taking classes and I was working and, um, you know, I would have my class at the end of the day and I would feel great. Hmm. And then I would do that again and I would do it again. <laughs> and it kept happening. I said, wow, this is really, this is really amazing. And I started to feel better generally and, and, and more positive, more energized. Um, and, and then from there, it kind of, it went. <laughs> I started teaching. I learned to teach a little bit and I started teaching and I taught more. And then, you know, whatever, you know, 20 something years later, you know, here I am, um, still teaching, still, you know, learning and developing and, and, and progressing in, in myself and, and sharing this knowledge with, with, you know, people around, um, with students and, and, and others. And, um, and, you know, back then I, back, I was like, ah, I need, you know, you're young, you think there's an answer. There's not an answer. There's a way. Mm. There's a path. And there's practice. It's like, you know, I was, I was talking to somebody the other day who had back pain and had to stop running for a couple of months. And I was just getting back into it. He's like, wow. It's amazing how quickly you, you lose it. Mm. It's not like, you know, uh, you need to keep moving. Mm. And you need to keep on the way always, I think. Yeah. And obviously the, the investment we make in ourselves and in our, in our body and our mind bears fruit in the long term. Yeah. 
but you can never stop depositing in that bank. Right. <laughs> you need to you need to keep. And there you have the journey. There you have the way. Yeah. Right. The value. I mean, I, I see so much power in in the practice, and I see. You know, we live in a moment where we have like a wealth of things that we can learn and study. Like we're spoiled for choice. Mm. How many different kinds of yoga can you do within, you know, like (laughs) a 30-minute walk from your house? Yeah. Right? Or a 30-minute drive or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But with that comes the danger of dipping a little bit into many things. And when you dip too much without diving deep, Mm. you lose that, the power of, of seeing yourself progress, of seeing the change, of seeing what happens with the depth and regularity. Mm. This doesn't mean that I think we should just choose one thing and do one thing forever. Um, I think that it's, it's good to see where we are and we can change things. We can change what we're doing in one moment, add other things, change our balance because we, we see, and I think it's okay to sample different things and see what resonates with you. Yeah. 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 But I also think that no matter what, when we go into a regular practice, at some point we will come face to face with ourselves, Mm. right? We will, we will see, we will like, boom, run into a wall. And what do we do? Do we figure out how to go around the wall or do we turn and go in the other direction? Mm. And I think that I, I see that in, in, in my practice with my students. I see that, but I see that with people, whatever they're doing, mm. right? When you do something and you keep at it, you run into that. And you need to make a decision. Do you want to keep going through the difficult part? Or do you want to run away? Mm. <laughs> you know? It's like, like a relationship in the beginning. It's like roses and, you know, and, and, and sunny skies and everything. And you always have challenges. Yeah. But how do you approach them? What do you, what do you do? Hmm. How do you handle that? Um, and, and I think, I think for that, it's, it's good to, to have that deep practice and go through those, those challenges because we learn a lot in the difficult moments. We learn a lot with those things. So, so what, what were the problems in, in your life that Burbom helped, has helped you to solve? That's a good question. And I'll say that it's a, you know, I should say OXYZ, right? But it's difficult because when you do something for almost 25 years, <laughs> it's like realistically, it's complicated to untangle. Mm one from the other. At the same time, it's difficult to see yourself or imagine yourself outside of this practice. Right. And you think about yourself before you did this practice and you say, oh, but I knew this. No, but you didn't know that because you didn't do it. But like very simply, very straightforward. I was not like an athletic kid. I was not like very, you know, coordinated or, or whatever. I played some sports, but I wasn't, I was terrible. <laughs> understand it's funny because i've had students say wow this is so hard for me the coordination but you're so naturally coordinated like no (laughs) that's not it i've been working hard at this for a long time yeah um so just feeling like being coordinated having you know balance flexibility like strength these are huge changes just in a physical way Mm. um and just feeling healthy, like all the time. I mean, when you're young, you don't think much about it. But when I look back, it's like, oh, this is, this is what's being healthy is, and this is how it feels. And that was not. Um, and with that comes like my attitude or outlook or thinking, right? I'm much more positive than I was um, however many years ago. Um, I'm like, I'm just more patient (laughs) um and i how do i describe it being more mindful i don't know it's these are like that word can mean so many things Mm. um but it would be like if you asked how haven't 
I changed or how hasn't, or what problems hasn't this solved? It's helped everything. Um, it hasn't cured everything, right? We're, we have our, our way and our character and we have our challenges in our life. And I can't say that I don't have my own, you know, my own things that I'm still working on and, yeah. and, and still putting my energy into. Of course I do. Mm. Um, but I feel a million times more equipped to do that. Mm. Um, and I think having like this reserve of, of positive energy is, is really something that I've, that I'm very appreciative of. Mm-hmm. I feel very lucky to have found this practice in the moment that I did. And then to, you know, have been able to practice it and, and continue it for all these years mm. for me is like, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm just very grateful <laughs> to the universe or, or, or whatever yeah. the energy around. Yeah. Well, and that's a that's a great a great state to occupy and and to have occupying you as, as you as you walk through your your life. I mean, the um, I suppose a um, something that you mentioned a couple of times is um, is presence, mm-hmm. and uh, and something that I talk to a lot of people, particularly people in in um, in business, in kind of quite mm-hmm. left brain kind of uh, activities and all that kind of stuff. So being present is something that that, that 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 quite a lot of people find quite challenging. Have you got any uh, techniques that you could um, share with us now that could that could help the listeners perhaps um, you know find find a moment of presence uh, in their in their busy days? Absolutely, um, I'd be happy to teach like a, a, a short breathing technique, and then we can do a little meditation from there. Um, so. The Boabom breathing technique that we use in our, in our classes, um, how will I say it? There's many, there's different breathing techniques, but we always start with one and practice the, just this one for the first <laughs> length of time, right? Because there's many different ways to breathe. And, and, but we do this breathing technique in different rhythms in different ways. Um, I'll teach you this basic technique that you can use any time as a way to kind of calm down and, and, and quiet and, and be present. Um, and we'll inhale through our nose, we'll exhale through our mouth, but we'll do it in this way. We'll start by putting our tongue behind our top teeth against our palate. And we'll inhale through our nose, making this sound. And then we can just relax. So the in-breath, we'll know we're doing it well because we're making this sound. We're we're um, compressing the nostrils a little. We're slowing down the air as it comes in. We're cleaning the sinuses. But we're giving the air a little more time to warm up and to become more humid before it reaches the lungs because it has to come from whatever temperature and, you know, 40% humidity and <laughs> 60 degrees to 98 degrees and, and, um, and 100% humidity by the time it reaches our lungs. So we're helping that happen. So we put our tongue, inhale through our nose. Now we drop our tongue around our lips and exhale. We want to make this kind of sound when we exhale. And when we do this, we want to use our stomach, our diaphragm, and our chest all together. So we want to engage all the muscles in our breathing tract. It's not just like a diaphragm or a belly breathing it's not just a chest breathing and it's definitely not just a throat breathing. We'll have a little vibration in the throat, but not a lot. And so I want you to use these muscles to create like a column of air and feel like, like you're pushing the air out. So we'll do this. Let's just do this three times to start. So we'll inhale through our nose, tongue up. Now drop our tongue, round our lips, and exhale. Again, inhale. Drop the tongue and exhale. Inhale. Let's 
Drop the tongue, exhale. And so this breathing technique, just in this way, in three breaths, you'll already feel more, more relaxed, more quiet. This breathing we can use in many different rhythms. And I'll, I'll go to the meditation in one second, but I want to talk about this because this goes back to something we were talking about earlier with running. So in the class, we can have long breaths. We can have short, and we can have the kind of different rhythms that you can play with. And this is something that you can play with as you run, for example, right? You can do with every step, but then you can change and you can do your one, two, three, one, two, three, four, right? And you can play with it depending on where your energy level is and, and what you need through your run or your cycling or your rowing or, or, or whatever. Um, and I think that variation can, can be really powerful to break things up even just in a simple way, just to break things up. Um, now I'll say that, and this will go with the meditation part. This technique is great to practice if you're alone, right? If you're in a quiet place, if you're in a more public place and you don't feel comfortable, you can breathe without the sound. You can do the same exercise with the tongue up and down. Or really, if you're really in a situation where you feel like tight, you can breathe in and out only through the nose if you need to, right? You can practice this in a variety of ways and doing it kind of part way is a lot better than not doing it at all. <laughs> so I think we should avoid, you know, having the perfect be the enemy of the good. Now, in terms of adding a meditation, it's, we can add a very simple meditation to this breathing technique, which you can practice in three repetitions, which we'll do now. You could do five, you can do eight. It doesn't have to be for a long time. If you like it and you have the time, you can do it for longer, or you can add it to an existing practice, or you can just take two minutes before a meeting, before a presentation, after a difficult conversation, whatever. Um, in the morning and at night before you go to bed, you could do three breaths. And what we'll do is we'll imagine that all around us is a field of positive energy. So when we inhale, we'll take all that positive energy in. Then we'll contain the air for a moment. As we contain the air, we really want to imagine that positive energy going down through the whole body, through our toes, up to the top of our head, really having it everywhere. And then when we exhale, we'll let all the negative, all the tension and all the stress go out. So let's just do this three times. We can close our eyes and we'll inhale, tongue up, take all the positive energy in. Now we'll expand that energy through our whole body. And now exhale, all the negative, the tension and the stress out. Again, tongue up, inhale, take all the positive energy in, expand through your body. And now exhale, all the tension, all the stress out. There you go. One last time, inhale, all the positive in, expand through the body. And on this last breath, exhale, and feeling very quiet, very relaxed. Very good. Keep your eyes closed. And blinking now, open your eyes, blinking slowly, and little by little blinking faster and faster. Good. So awesome. you can use this technique anytime, right? Put your hands on your desk. Mm. Take two minutes, one minute. Yeah. And even just that minute will make a big difference. Well, it certainly made a big difference to me. I, I would imagine the end of this interview is going to be quite, quite chilled. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, the, 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 the sensation I got from, from the breathing, um, I, I literally felt uh, actually muscles in my face begin to, begin to tingle. And mm. so that, that connection, if you like, with with my body so so my face I, I felt that and then actually interesting actually about 
the breath coming through all three sections is from, you know, stomach through your chest, through your throat. And actually being conscious of that was, uh, was quite powerful. So almost my entire center line was kind of act activated. So that, that, yes. that was a really, um, relaxing, but quite, quite an empowering uh, feeling that I've still got. Uh, and, um, <laughs> and then the meditation, yeah. So vis- the vi- adding a visualization in, in, into that again was, 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 uh, was, was wonderful. So thank you. My pleasure. I'm glad you had such a positive. <laughs> I did. Had such a positive feeling. I, 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 and I think that something to think about is that for, for folks who aren't, for people who aren't, um, used to breathing deep, sometimes you can feel like it catches, like you get stuck at a certain point. And I, I don't want that to be discouraging to anybody. And the idea is do the best you can. And like, like we were talking about before, like depth and regularity can make a huge difference. So you say, oh, I can't breathe that deeply. I've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this every day. Um, for almost 25 years. So when I started, I couldn't breathe that deep. Do the best you can. And you'll see with a little bit of practice, even just three breaths a couple times a day, you'll see a big change over a couple weeks, a month, a couple months. And I think... You know, you'll notice the kind of the feeling here or here, and you'll notice in other places as you go. And you'll be able to say, oh, wow, this, 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 I, w- I didn't realize I had the tension here. Mm. But now I feel it, it opened up a little bit. Yeah. Maybe I need to work a little on that because it's just getting started. And that can be another thing because if your breath is kind of stuck, you can be carrying a lot of tension. Yeah. And you can use the breathing to kind of push through it. But little by little, yeah, yeah. None of these, none of this happens like immediately. Yeah, and it's interesting from an awareness point of view as well because very, very. Actually, I've had conversations with uh, with with my wife about about um, breathing sometimes, and you kind of notice in other people maybe perhaps more than yourself. You know, your breathing sounds a little a little sharp, or sounds like you're not taking full breath. Is everything okay? You know, and um, mm-hmm. and so it's amazing how it is actually. You know, I don't know whether whether your breath is a vital sign or not. It probably is from a, from a medical point of view, uh, but actually, it's it's a really key indicator of what's going on in there. I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. And if we can, if we can learn to see that in ourselves, we can really read ourselves. Yeah. We can read our we can read our mood. We take a minute to check and say, wait a minute, why am I just mm. why am I breathing in and out very quickly through my mouth? Mm. Something is happening. Yeah. Um, and this is like that connection between the, the, the sympathetic nerve and parasympathetic nervous system and, the, and our, our conscious existence, right? The influence isn't just in one direction. We don't just influence the unconscious through the breath, right? Because the breath is also controlled by that system. Mm. So we can see what's going on in our unconscious through that. And like you say, it's much, always much easier to see that in somebody else. Mm. But as we breathe, as we get used to breathing, as we, get, as we realize what it feels like to really take a deep breath, we'll realize when we're not. Mm. And that can be a big clue that something's going on under the surface and we can attend to it before it, right. before it explodes. Absolutely. And that whole thing about um, being able to... Uh, say manage or regulate your your state. Um, if if there if you can be more conscious of those early signs or those those signals that maybe something's changing in the way that you're feeling about a situation, then yeah, you can quickly react and 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 do something different. And if taking three breaths takes you a big step back towards that state of presence and that ability therefore then to regulate those emotions, then imagine how much more effective you can be in that next conversation, in that, uh, in that next, uh, challenge you're facing or in that next interaction with another person, or in, even in that next decision that you need to, you need to make. I, wow. I, I just, yeah, it just kind of opened up a whole, whole thought process around that. So 
That's super I, cool. I, I think we all have cycles, right? Mm. We all have cycles and the cycles are influenced by external things, internal as well. Um, you know, we know the, the, you know, we have our cycles in terms of when our blood sugar is low and we're hungry and maybe we're a little more irritable or whatever. The idea is recognize when we're on the down mm. and mediate so it doesn't go like this. Yeah. It doesn't mean that we're going to be here all the time. Mm -hmm. one, one other thing I'll, I'll, I'll say, and, and this just goes back to what we were talking about before with comfort, it might be really uncomfortable to take those breaths. Right. When you're full on, like not <laughs> upset about something, there's a really strong energy or urge to be in that way. It could be really difficult to do that. But if you push through and do it, you'll be, oh yeah, it'll, <laughs> because in the end, when somebody's really angry and they get really angry afterwards, they're not usually sitting back. Oh, that was a really great thing. I'm glad I did that. Mm, mm. It's not, not kind of the usual, uh, <laughs> the usual postmortem on that. Yeah. So I, I guess think like pushing through that discomfort is, is, is something that I think is really worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I'm just thinking about, so I was just thinking about, um, the analogy of, if, of, of, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're driving a car too fast down a road and you, you slam it into reverse, that's going to cause a massive jolt. But I guess if you, if you can apply the breathing, maybe the first breath doesn't need to be slamming it into reverse. The first breath can be, taking your foot off the gas. The second breath then can be changing down a gear and, and then, and then maybe, you know, you'll come to it, come to a halt. So, um, I don't know if that analogy works, but, um, but I guess sometimes I, I, people feel like yeah. they have to go right in an opposite direction when actually what you need to do is you need to just pull, just pull back a bit and maybe it can help you with that. And maybe you just need to slow down to a safe speed and make a right turn. Right. Right, right, right. <laughs> For me, that would be like the, the, the extension of the analogy. Yeah, yeah. Right, yes. You take your foot off the gas, you hit the brake, yeah. you slow down, you turn. Yeah. <laughs> and then, because that's what the breath will do, and you'll find that the first breath will get a little <laughs> bit of the way there. The next breath a little more, the next breath a little bit more. Yeah. And, um, and if you need a couple more, you take a couple more. Understand, it's just three is, you know, it's a number. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and it's, it's a good way to start, mm. but you'll see, okay, I need some more. Okay. I need to go for that walk, mm. right. To really get, maybe the, maybe the three best are just enough for you to say, okay, now's the time to go for that walk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Awesome. Well, listen, uh, it's been amazing uh, speaking with you. Um, I guess this, well, this, this, this podcast is called people with purpose. Uh, mm -hmm. and I haven't asked you what you see the purpose of your life as being. So, um, if you'd be happy to share, uh, share that, um, with the audience, that'd be awesome. Uh, and, um, and then any sort of final reflections that you, that you might have for, for our audience. Mm -hmm. So I purpose is a, is a wonderful and, <laughs> and kind of challenging word. Mm. Um, I, I think it, because when I think about what is my purpose, I think about many, many things, right? Because I think we, we do many things in our lives and it's good to do many things. And I like to do many things, um, to do different things, not just one thing. And, but if I define like a purpose by what is this main thrust of what I do with my life, it's teach this art and teach Boabom and bring it to, to people because it's been so powerful for me. And I, I've seen how powerful it's been for my students um, over so many years. So, but I, I, I'm not saying that like I have one purpose hmm. in my life, hmm. you know, because I have other purposes as, you know, in, in, in my family life, understand in my community, all these different things. Um, but I think that you know, this idea about being mindful and being aware and bringing that energy elsewhere, I think kind of, you know, uh, dovetails with that, mm. with that other idea of purpose. And then you have another idea, like, you know, from one side, I feel like the, the purpose for myself from a totally, you know, like um, self-centered or selfish point of view is to find balance. And so there's another 
kind of idea when I think about like a purpose in terms of my own, the self-centered and selfish, I don't think those are great words. More what I mean is um, in terms of my own personal journey. Yeah. Right. What is my purpose there? Hmm. Um, and so I think we can think about many things when we think about purpose. It, 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 for me, it doesn't have to be, and I don't want it to be singular. Hmm. Um, so I think we can all have many purposes and we can, and when I say that, I mean that we can give full energy and full value to those different threads, to those different streams. Mm. Um, and hopefully we don't have to sacrifice one for the other. Hopefully we can find a way of being in balance between all of them. Yeah. Um, and no, I, I, I want to say thank you for, for this conversation. It's been really a wonderful conversation. We talked about so many things. Mm. Um, I want to tell your, your listeners that if they're interested in learning more about Boabom, they can go um, to Boabom, that's B-O-A-B-O-M.com. And if they go to Boabom.com slash gift, they'll find um, a, a free gift for them, which is like a 20-minute class that goes through these different, it's, it's free, you can download it and, and um, you can stream it, sorry, and see these the kind of main branches. There's a section about warm-ups, about gentle movement, about faster movement, and then practicing this meditation technique again. And then if they're interested in, in more from there, there's our Boabom Journey app. You have, there's a seven-day free trial. Um, and in there, you can access, like I said, over, over 80 videos where you can really learn. And, you know, creating this, I wanted to make it so that you can really learn Boabom in a progressive way, because this is really an integral part of the system, but you can also have a kind of more drop-in experience, practice some meditation techniques and some warm-ups. Um, and so that's a, that's a great way for people to learn more about, about Boabom. Cool. And that's, um, okay, so that's, that's boabom.com forward slash gift to uh exactly to, that's very very generous of you and uh, uh befitting of 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 your character it's been great to um it's been great to, to to get to know a bit more about you and hear a bit more about your practice and um i'll certainly be logging on myself and uh, and go, going through that that 20 minute journey because um again having experienced a little bit of your practice uh, today um and again without really any movement i mean because the idea of movement really appeals to me as well then um yeah then yeah i can see how powerful this could be so so yeah so you thank you ever so much uh, for your time for coming on people with purpose uh, and and really appreciate you thank you it's been my pleasure thank you so much thanks for listening to people with purpose i hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey Please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye.